Welcome to This Week from the Principal's Desk, a podcast about Lutheran schools and their leadership. This podcast is hosted by two Lutheran school principals. My name is Rob Lunak, and I'm the principal at Mount Calvary Lutheran School in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and my co-host is Mike Scheman. My name is Mike Scheman. I'm principal at Bethany Lutheran School in Parma, Ohio, and uh, we are counting down the days. We're, we're to that point in our school year where there's very little left. And so Rob and I thought that we would take a little bit of time just to talk about ideas for what needs to happen during the summer. Because I know as an administrator, I am definitely looking forward to some time off this summer. Um, but at the same time, my duties and my responsibilities still sit there and there's a lot that needs to happen. I, I know that there's also different scenarios in various Lutheran schools where some administrators and the staff get the summer off. In other scenarios, there's uh, places where the staff run summer programs or they have summer responsibilities, depending if they're on a 10-month call or contract or a 12-month call or contract, all those things to consider. But I think really today, the way Rob and I are going to focus this is to talk a little bit about things that you should consider if you are going to plan that break for your staff or if they have that time off. Because even though they may be gone, there are still responsibilities that need to happen throughout the summer. And if you don't take that time to think those things through ahead of time, it's going to be hard to get those things done. But then it's also going to be hard to know where does the accountability lie for the things that need to happen. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about some of these higher level thoughts and what you can do with the staff um, and just talk about what what does summer look like for you? So, Rob, in your school, what does that look like? Well, that has depended kind of where I've been, and I'll, I'll go back to my, my very first summer as principal. You step into that, and you go, uh, well, I've never done this before. What do I do? And I, I was fortunate enough, the previous principal had left a, an outline of here are the things I did month by month, and that's a, that's a great thing to have. Or And I, I want to say SLED even put something like that out. So if you don't have something like that and you're new to being a principal, see if you can find something like that. But it, it's really important, you know, to start at the beginning. And if you're new to someplace, that means getting to know the people you'll be working with and, and trusting. And if you are at some place and you are finishing a school year and heading into summer, you can do the same thing in either situation. And that is, and Mike, you put this in here and it's a great idea take the people out to lunch, take the people you'll be working with out to lunch, either to get to know them or to thank them for a great school year and kind of ease into the summer a little bit. And you, you have an opportunity to get to know people in a setting that's not sitting across a desk or picking up a phone, right? And that's always really beneficial because the stronger the relationship is between the principal and the office staff, the better things are going to go because there's nothing worse than having a terrible school administrative assistant. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> that will make your job 20 times harder. You don't want that. So you want to make sure you have a good working relationship with that person, whether you're just meeting them or whether they've been somebody you've been working with for a while. After that part, then it's really going into what needs to happen this summer for the school year to go well. And that's going to depend on your context. And as Mike said, whether you have teachers on 10 month calls or 12 month calls you i've been at a place with both of them or been at places i guess with each one and the the 12 month calls you'll see the teachers all the time working on stuff maybe they have church responsibilities maybe they have a summer camp that they run and then if they're on a 10 month call you probably won't see them at all in the summer now 
some of them will still come in and work in their rooms. Everyone's got that teacher that's just going to be there every day, no matter what, because they want to get their room ready and get their bulletin board ready and get their lessons planned for the year. You'll have that person. But where it's 10 month calls, don't be surprised if, you know, June 15th, they get all their stuff and they go, bye, don't call me. I'll see you in August. <laughs> and they'll say it in a nice way, I'm sure, but they are 10 month employees at that point. And so make sure you, you can respect that time for them. So Mike, what duties do you set out for, for your school during the summer months? Yeah, there's still a lot of things that need to happen. <laughs> I mean, throughout the summer, the, well, well, the, I, I would say maybe an administrator's duties shift. It's not that there, there's any less of them, but, but they're different. So we, we definitely have to take a look at things like, you know, sim- simple logistical things. Who's opening the mail and gathering the mail? Who's answering the phone? Uh, how are we, we managing that? And, uh, I've been in a place, probably the, the most effective thing that I had done when I was in a place that had 10 month uh, contracts with, with people was to say, let's sit down ahead of this and look at who's going on vacation when and how can we basically make somebody responsible during that time? Not that they're there all the time, but I knew that, hey, this was my week or this was this person's week or that person's week to pop in to get the mail, to check the voicemail. Now, one of the things that somebody had the great idea to do is to say, forward the voicemail to your cell phone. Um, and and that, that's great. But the place where I was, we didn't have the ability through a forward to decipher if it was coming from my own phone or from the school's phone. And so we didn't want to answer calls, not knowing you know who it was. There's all those logistics you have to, to figure out. But you're still going to get admission inquiries likely throughout the summer. I find May and June are really... Um, kind of the consistent months for those things. But by August 1st, you've got the people that are going, oh my gosh, I better find a school for my kid. And so there is another wave of admission that takes place. And so I think it's important to make sure that you are uh, responding to those inquiries and starting the relationship with the families. Because the last thing you want to have happen with new families is they contact the school and then they have to wait a week to get a reply back. Uh, You could put on your out of office response through your email, but best practice in starting a relationship with people is get to them soon and get to them early. So we do, uh, like Rob said, if we're going out for lunch with the staff, I'm actually doing that next Tuesday, taking them all out for lunch. And we're just going to talk about what does the summer look like? But I'm also going to be asking my staff, when are you in town and when are you not? But I intend to leave them alone. The only reason I would do that Uh, We do admission interviews here at our school for all new students. And if we have a student that's looking to come in, I might talk to the teacher and say, hey, do you want to come in and do this admission interview uh, or or not? And and then I try not to contact them unless I have to. But if I know that they are on a family vacation and they're off doing this one thing, I won't even call to ask that one question. So I I try to know where they are, but then I try to leave them alone. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's not a bad thing to do because they need time to rest and recharge and you as principal need that same time as well. So ask, hey, let me know when you're going to be gone and then share that the same way. Let them know when you're going to be gone and don't be afraid to take that time and rest and recharge yourself as well because you as a principal need to be able to take a break in the summer. While we're going to talk about things that you got to do in the summer and responsibilities you have, you can't run the whole summer without taking a little bit of time, whether that's take a week off and go on vacation with family, whether that's having reduced hours. I will generally work nine to two during the summer unless there's something 
that comes up where I need to be there earlier or later. And that's just a, a nice thing. And my wife teaches, so she's got all summer off and she definitely likes to be able to see me during the summer every once in a while. So it's nice to take those reduced hours, but you need to have at least a plan of, of what you're going to do and when it's going to get done. And it's not a bad thing if you're hiring new teachers when you onboard them to go over, hey, here's what the school year is going to look like. But then here's what the summer is going to look like as well when that school year is over. And just being upfront with everyone about what that looks like, you can never really over plan any of that. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I think a point to reiterate here too is give yourself permission to take time off. I mean, the running joke is everybody wants to be a teacher because they get evenings, weekends, and summers off. I've always said evenings, weekends, and summers are kind of time in lieu of. Um, as administrators, the expectations on you are huge. The school board meetings, the church council meetings, the budget meetings, all those things that happen outside of regular school hours. It's okay to be guilt-free to actually take time off during the summer and, and shut school off for a little while. Uh, I would just encourage you to let your staff know that you're going to do it. So, I mean, I have two trips actually planned this summer with my family. I feel really good about that. And I will not be checking my email during that time. And that's okay. Uh, the staff will know when I'm gone. The staff will know when I'm back. And as I respect them when they're gone, uh, I do ask them to do the same with me unless there's some sort of an emergency. And I have a great staff, so I have no issues that I, I know that that's going to happen. Um, yeah, Rob, you talked about kind of working reduced hours, nine to two, that sort of thing. And, and really, I would encourage anybody to say, what works best for you? What works best for your family? Because throughout the year, I tell you, the school schedule can really dictate my family schedule. And during the summer, I'm going to reverse that because I'm going to put my family first as much as I can during that time. Yeah, and that's that's something that I had a, a great principal. Actually, he retired a couple of years before I got to the school, but he was still very active. He would sub for us, and he was very active in the church still. And I helped him drywall an office one day because uh, it needed to get done and he had the skills and he was around and I'm like, well, if you're going to do it, I'm here. I may as well help you, right? Learn a couple skills myself. And as we were loading the tools back up into his truck, he would always tell me, uh, he's always like, this year is going to be the best year ever I can tell, right? He was always encouraging that way. But then he said, remember, the kids and their families are going to be here whether you're here or not. Your family needs you. The school can always get another principal. Yep. And you are called to be, you know, a, a father, a husband, a family member first before you're called to be a principal. And that is something that work-life balance is not just a secular idea, I promise. <laughs> it, it is something that you need to put some time and energy into focusing on because when things get difficult, your family is going to be the group of people that are there for you and you need to be able to be there for them. And you can't do that if you're burning the candle on both ends by running around all summer saying, well, I have too much to do. I can't do this. I can't take a vacation. No, I can't go have lunch with my wife. No, I can't do You got to take the time. And in my experience, when you're honest with people about that, people understand and actually are, are they admire you more for it than if you're just, uh, running around doing all the work, working from seven to seven every day during the summer, because that's really not going to help you. And honestly, you're going to be less effective that way, even though you feel like you're doing a ton of work. 
I promise you it's not going to be effective work the whole time. You may feel yeah. that way. You may feel like it is, but I, I'm here to speak some truth to you and say that it's not. <laughs> and maybe you don't have anybody who tells you that. Hopefully you do, but it's, it's not always going to be that effective. Okay, so we have an outline of what duties will be over the summer. We kind of talked about taking time for yourself. Another part of summer is getting ready for that next school year. So, Mike, what, what do you do to get ready for your teachers to come back? That's a great question, Rob. There's really two things for me that become a priority at, during the summer months that I have to make sure that I'm ready for. Number one is any kind of onboarding process for new staff. So what I like to do is make sure that I have uh, documents ready. I've got a meeting set up for them. Um, but but I want to think even beyond the content. I want to think, when are we having this meeting? Uh, where are we having this meeting? Uh, who's bringing the food to the meeting? How are we going to make our staff feel welcome? Because uh, for our new staff that we're onboarding, that kind of initial meeting is really like a first impression. And I love to be able to make a really positive first impression. So I would encourage people to spend some time thinking about the onboarding of new staff. But then the other thing is how do you break down the walls of these are our new staff and those are our old staff? And you know, how do you become one staff? So one of the things I've done every year I've been an administrator, and this has been such a joy, is to start off. Our first day back as a staff, we go ahead and do something that is team building. Everybody expects it's going to be the meeting, the duties meeting, the, you know, here's our school theme meeting. No, I do that on day number two. Day number one, we do something together as a staff. And there's some great stuff out there that I would encourage people to look at. Uh, we've done things like uh, well, I, when I was at a school in the Portland, Oregon area, I took the this, this staff out to the beach one year as our first day. And we uh, we rented a house and we just enjoyed time at the beach and did a barbecue. We did a scavenger hunt through Seaside, Oregon. Beautiful place. Um, but that, that was one idea. Another thing that we just did, um, we did it there. We've done it here in, in our area, too. There's something you can do called the Urban Adventure Quest. If you haven't looked that up, look it up. It's really cool. It's almost like the amazing race within a city. And uh, it's, it's relatively inexpensive, but it'll start you at one point. And as a staff, you go off in small groups and you have to solve clues around the city. It's actually really cool. And if you just Google Urban Adventure Quest, they are available in a lot of the cities throughout the U.S. I mean, for me, I'm here in Cleveland. My closest one was Columbus, which is a two-hour drive. But that's what we did last year. We left school at 8 in the morning. We drove to Columbus, and we spent a few hours doing the Urban Adventure Quest. We went out for lunch together as the staff. We had a great time. So, yes, we spent four hours in the car, but that's okay. It was fun. But what else, what are some other things that you can do to really be team building? And, and you're going to know your areas better, but I encourage you to look for those things. Is it an escape room? Is it a top golf? Is it a uh, who knows what, a beach house? Figure those things out and, and start the year as we are building the family of God in this place, starting with those whom he has called to serve. So that's something we do. And then uh, I go, through, of course, the next day is the staff meeting. So we go to the high to the low. Not really the low. I don't want to think of staff meetings that way, but they are not as fun as the beach. Um, and then setting that that whole thing up. But be prepared for your staff. I also, one year we got a, a grant to get iPads for all the staff in one of the schools. So they walked in and I had iPads on every single seat with, you know, the Reese's Pieces cups and stuff attached to them and all that stuff. Do things that really make your staff feel welcome to return. And Rob, you have a point in here that I'm not going to steal from you because I do this as well, but I want you to take this one. 
Uh, so one of the things I'll do every year is you sit down with every teacher and I go over kind of get to know you things. It's especially helpful when you're new because you don't know everybody. So, you know, where were you born? When's your birthday? Do you have a favorite candy? Do you have a favorite soda? Right. Those little things. One of the things that, that irks me that we do in schools is when it's a teacher's birthday, the teacher brings in things for everyone else. I'm like, no, no, it's their birthday. So I always try to wish them a happy birthday and have a little trinket for them. Like, I'm so glad you brought in cookies for everybody else, but it's your birthday. Happy birthday, right? And you're not going to know those things unless you ask those things. And you might glean some of them through conversation, but I try to get really intentional about it. And then I will go out and buy all that stuff and make little goodie bags for everybody. And I will keep some of that stuff in my office throughout the year. And if I know a teacher's having a really hard day, but they love Mountain Dew, I'll go bring them a Mountain Dew. I'm like, hey, I saw that you, you look like you're struggling a little bit today. I hope this cheers you up a bit, right? Those things are just so important because it shows that you're putting intentional time into the relationship with your teachers, which you need to be doing. And it lets them know that you care about them more than just, hey, you're the person covering the fourth grade room today, right? Mm -hmm. Care about them on a personal level. And that's that's one of those things. If people feel supported and loved and enjoy where they're working, they're going to be more effective at the work they're doing, whatever that work is. And it's a little really easy thing to do. And you just keep it in a, a Google spreadsheet or an Excel file or a, a note on your computer, or wherever. And then it's just helpful information to have for you because you need to be intentional about building those relationships. They don't get built on their own with everybody. I'm sure you build some just through hanging out with people, but there will be teachers that you don't talk to as often. And that's that's the other thing I will do is within that first two weeks, I will keep a tally. How many times did I check in with this person? How many times did I talk to this person? And then you look at that and you go, huh, I haven't talked to this teacher nearly as much as the other ones. And some of that is maybe they are a veteran and they know exactly what they're doing, but and so you don't think they need the help, but they like you to check in just as much as your other teachers do. I promise you that. So it's nice to have that laid out so you can be, like I said, intentional about all that. Mike, do you add anything else to your spreadsheet? You said you do the same thing, right? Yeah, no, you kind of hit the comments. You know, I like to know coffee or tea or none of the above, you know, what's your favorite candy? What's your favorite restaurant? All that stuff. Um, I, I agree with you. It's the, it's just it's just fun to get to know that because um, I always and I'm not good with that. That's not my my nature. I'm totally going to steal your stock, your office idea. I absolutely love that. But I do have a teacher on here who does that for me all the time. And I'm always like, oh, that's so sweet. How did you know that? You know, I'm a Cherry Coke Zero guy and you knew that. I don't even remember telling you that. And you're bringing it to me. No, no, no. I want to bring it to you. So <laughs> I, I love love the idea. Um, I will say and I'm going to maybe hit hit another point that we we have on our sheet here one of the things that my pastor does and i love this is it's on the second we team build on the first day with the church staff too the pastors come along on that team building um the second day we start off with a prayer walk around the school and our pastor has developed a prayer walk that goes through all the different areas of the school and we make sure that every group of people is prayed for our cafeteria workers our janitors our secretaries our playground supervisors our teachers our administrators our library librarians the support staff the church staff 
and we we physically walk to all of those places and it's led by the pastor and we spend that day uh, a good chunk of that morning actually doing this prayer walk which i think is really cool because that's of course the most important thing you can do to start your your year is lifted up to god in prayer yeah what i've been fortunate enough to work at a couple of schools where everyone was a, a called lcms worker and at those places, we would do worship and communion, just the teachers with pastor, like a specific just for the school teachers. Let me pray over you. We'll end with communion, just kind of uh, to fill you up spiritually that way, right? There are schools that you don't have the luxury of having everybody be a called worker. And that that doesn't mean they're bad teachers. They're They're just not called. That's just what it is. And so having maybe communion, that's maybe a, a tougher thing to do, but you could still do a, a small staff worship. And that's not mm -hmm. a bad idea because it there's something there's something special about worshiping in a small group with people that you will be working with. And so I, I would encourage if you don't have that in your calendar at all, think about adding it. I, you know, none of this is, hey, you have to do this. This is just my ideas and Mike's ideas are just his ideas. If you have other ideas, great. We're, we're, we're just two guys, right? <laughs> yep. But I do think that it's it's been, in my experience, very beneficial to worship in a small group with the people you'll be close to. Yep. Yeah. Mike, what, yeah. what have we not touched? I think, again, we've had, we've gone from kind of June to August here. Is there anything yep. else we got to hit? No, I think for me, the big topics were going to be, how do you set up the summer for success? How do you take care of yourself during the summer? And how do you prepare for the, the new year? And like Rob said, I think we've talked a little bit about that. And if anybody has any other ideas, I would love to see a post or get an email or something just to say, here's something that we've done that's really effective. Because, you know, everybody's got their love language and uh, I'm kind of not a gifts guy, really. But there are people on my staff who are. So I need help with ideas for really, really reaching everybody in their love language. So uh, it's something definitely worth spending a little bit of time to consider. Um, I've made the mistake before of not doing some of this stuff, not setting up the summer and just figuring ah, it'll all happen. And it doesn't. So intentionality is really important. Take that time, do that planning. I guarantee it's going to, you're going to be better off for it. So uh, any other words from you, Rob, any kind of wrap up words? Uh, the, the only wrap up words I would have would be that if any of this seems foreign to you or you go, ah, I'm really not that type of person you as the leader in your school have to kind of be that type of person. Sometimes you need to wear all the different hats, not all the time, but you got to take that hat out and put that hat on sometimes because you, just like we expect the teachers to be able to reach all our kids, you need to reach all of your teachers and all of the staff. And so it's something that you do sometimes need to go out of your comfort zone with. I am not great at giving praise. It's not my default setting. I kind of think, well, a good job is its own reward, right? But I need to go out of my zone and tell people, hey, you know, that was a great idea. Or, hey, great job with this. And it, would it be easier for me to just not do that? Sure. It's, it's extra energy to go through that because it's not my default setting, right? But with any of these, if you don't feel like these are your real house, oh, well, you're a leader. You got to learn and grow. So you got you to gotta make some of them your real house every once in a while. That's that's what I'd end with. Excellent. All right. Well, if it's all right, Rob, why don't I end with a word of prayer? Absolutely. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the the year that you've given to us, the year that has been. And whenever people are listening to this podcast, Lord, whatever that might be, I thank you for uh, the experiences that have got them to the point where they are. And you, God, are a God of strategic planning, a God of moving forward. And you did that all the way back in Genesis 3.15 when you started the strategic plan for a savior. And you know, God, the importance of putting plans in place first, that first plan for our salvation, but then for us, plans that allow us to effectively minister to those that are in our care. Lord, we thank you for all those that you've called to serve among us as, as Lutheran school leaders, as Lutheran school teachers. And I pray that as people approach the summer, that you would give them uh, blessing upon blessing to be able to look forward, to be expecting the blessings that you're going to lay out, expecting the mercies that are new to us every day, uh, and to enjoy those, but to plan to receive them and to use them effectively as, as stewards of those, of those great things that you give to us. Uh, bless all who lead, Lord. Bless all who lead in leadership roles. Bless all who, who lead as teachers. Bless all who listen. Bless all who serve. And bless all who follow, as we are all followers of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.